Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hey there, Rebel Heart. How are you? I'm recording this episode again this week in advance because by the time this episode comes out, I will still be traveling in Ireland with my partner and her family. And so I wanted to make sure that this came out on time and on schedule. So I put it in my schedule to record this early. Today, I wanted to dig in with you about the importance of having a compelling vision for your future and creating a compelling vision for your future. There's a famous quote that says, without a vision, the people will perish. And that is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, 18. And I just think that this is such an important topic and such an important concept because I think that many of us, many of you have forgotten about the power that you have as a human being, the power that we all have in our own hearts and our own minds is seriously y'all so unlimited and it's filled with endless possibility and potential. But as we grow And as we get older, we tend to create more stories. And therefore, as we create more stories and belief, we inadvertently seem to limit ourselves to newer possibilities. I mean, if you think about as a kid, you had so much more joy. Even if your childhood was troubled, there was a level of joy and limitless potential because we didn't have a lot of stories yet programmed. But then as we get older, we limit ourselves by these stories that we tell ourselves. So it's like we can't really fully see all of the potential and possibility. And another key thing, though, that I really am getting at is that we underutilize our own built-in technology and tools And a lot of times it lies dormant or half used. And so in my opinion, we need to learn how to more fully harness this gift that we all have. And we need to start using it more skillfully and for your own benefit. But also it doesn't just benefit you. It benefits your family and your community and the culture. It's so important. It's like one of the most important things I think that we could focus on because it literally dictates a lot about how we live our lives and who we become. So what could be more important than that? So the human brain has this amazing and unique ability to create thoughts and images. It transduces the energy that's coming into us at all times into images and thoughts, and then we turn them into things and jobs and relationships and works of art and homes and everything that you can possibly see 
with your eyes in this physical world. So the images that you have in your mind's eye that you are inspired by and that you think and that you create in your mind's eye that are given to you, those images are for you. They're not for anyone else. And they are not an accident. We think that we're having these images and ideas and that everybody else is having them too. And I guarantee no one's having the exact idea or image that you're having. And even if they were, it could never come out the same because you're you. So the sacredness of the images, especially the ones that inspire you and that you feel extra compelled by, are a message to you from divine. And they're not an accident. They're on purpose. And while we can't possibly take action on every thought or dream or vision or image we have, and quite frankly, we wouldn't want to do that because not all of the thoughts that we're thinking or the images that we're having are positive and they're not all meant to be manifested. But we can start picking the images and ideas that are the most compelling in any given moment. And we can take those images and we can create what we're seeing in our physical life. So if there is something that you're seeing with your physical eyes right now, if you're at your house, if you're seeing a countertop or a window, or if you're driving and you're in a car If there is something in this physical world that exists that you can see and touch, someone at some time had a very clear and compelling vision first. The energy came first. The vision came first. The thought came first. And then came the strategy. Then before the strategy, they had to dream it. They had to believe it. They saw it, they felt it, they, and then the final step was taking action in the physical world to create it or to allow it to happen or to co-create and collaborate on it. But what precedes all physical matter, what precedes the money in your bank, what precedes the car, the relationship, the house is always a vision. It's always a thought It's always an impulse or an inspiration. It's the energy that gets turned into visions and dreams and thoughts that comes first. It's that spark of inspiration that happens between you and God or you and divine or you and energy, however you want to word it or however you feel most comfortable understanding it. It's this co-creation And this connection that never leaves us, it sometimes gets dulled and it feels like it might get severed, but it's this connection that we always have and it's this collaboration of creation. And you know, we are able to do something as humans so cool. We get to receive divine energy and it's constantly pouring into us and through us and it's all around us at all times. And we get the privilege, the sacred privilege of turning that energy into images and thoughts with our beautiful mind, 
really consider how amazing that machinery really is and how magical that really is. But most of it, we don't understand. And most of us don't understand this faculty that we have, this tool that we have. And if we do understand it, most of us are severely underutilizing it to its fullest potential. And we're not utilizing this built-in technology in necessarily the most skillful way that we can be using it. If you don't put the GPS address in and you don't know where you're going and you haven't been there before, you're probably not going to get where you're going. Or if you eventually get there, it won't be quickly or efficiently. If you don't tune your radio dial to the pop station, you might get static or you might get a country station. You might not get what you want. If you don't look at the bullseye and focus in on a target, you're not probably going to have a good chance of hitting the bullseye where you want it. You have to look there first. You have to see it. And then comes the skill and the strategy. But the first thing is your vision. Now that can be inner vision in the case of our dreams, or it can be outer vision in the case of a bullseye. But we still have to use our focus and our vision and our imagination and our belief. All these things that are kind of the intangibles come first. And when you don't have a compelling vision of your future, the chances you are going to get anything that you want anytime soon is slim. Your energy is going to be not focused. It's going to be dispersed and it's going to be all over the place. If you don't know where you're going, how do you know where to go? But yet most of us live our lives on autopilot and we get into this comfort zone because we think that, you know, we went to college, we got the job, we got the wife or the husband and the kids, and then we just stop with the visions. And there's nothing wrong with everything that I listed. All of that stuff is normal and admirable and fun and everyone's on their own journey with that. But what? are you going towards? Everyone has to have a vision. And so many of us have forgotten about that direct correlation that our imagination has with what we create or what we do or don't do in our life. And I think that a part of the problem is that we've forgotten the power of our own faculties and of our own imagination and thoughts. We let our minds run wild And we sometimes ignore these inspirational ideas and images as if they're just like a dime a dozen instead of the sacred messages that they are, or else we'll block them out altogether or not really acknowledge them or listen to them. We're also super conditioned and programmed as kids. So depending on our environment and our family and the culture that we grew up in, if we grow up and we don't see positive role models or examples of what might be possible in the world for us, we will likely as adults then have more limited beliefs and stories about ourselves. And if we don't have stories or examples of other people that we can be like, or that we can be inspired by that are actually like us, it's a lot harder 
to have that inspiration or that knowledge that there's a possibility for us. It's one thing to look at the media or someone in TV and see what they're doing, but it's easier to, I think, feel disconnected from people we don't know and feel like they are somehow special and that they have something that we don't or that that thing is not for us. But if someone from your family or your school or your town or your neighborhood or someone that was a friend of yours does something great or inspires you, now you have an idea or a spark and a possibility and it actually becomes a part of your neural network to understand that that can be a reality for you. I've talked about this before. As soon as someone ran a four-minute mile that had never been done before, no one could even fathom doing that. And this person had a vision and belief and did it. And then right after this person did it, a whole bunch of people around the world then had the idea that it was possible. And because they could entertain that it was even possible, they made it their reality. And it was no coincidence that as soon as that person went first and found that belief and that drive and that image inside of them for that compelling vision that they wanted to complete a mile under four minutes and did it, then so many other people were shown that that was a possibility for them too. I'm thinking of an example of a kid that my partner was teaching at school. And I think this kid was in kindergarten or first grade. And he pretended to hold a gun to her head with his fingers. And, you know, she went on to explain that, like, you know, that hurts people. And, you know, you can go to jail for that, for hurting people for the rest of your life. And this kid at a super young age said, well, that's where I'm going to end up anyway. So what's the point? Already at such a young age, this kid had no vision for his future because the only thing that he was shown in his family or in his culture or in his society and the only thing that was painted for him was that that a lot of people that he was around ended up in jail. And so that's what he thought was possible for him because he lacks vision, but he also wasn't shown that there's other possibilities. It's really difficult when we are programmed to even be open enough to know that something else exists. I mean, even if we're not in a scenario where, you know, we can't see anything except for jail, but how do we imprison ourselves with our own limiting beliefs and block something that may be possible for us that we're drawn to, but we've just excluded ourselves automatically from being able to do that. Like I want to dance, but I'm too old, or I want to do X, Y, Z, but I'm way too much, or I want to get this degree, but I'm not smart enough. Like how many times do we just count ourselves out automatically because of the stories we're telling ourselves and because we don't have a vision and a belief. And so I'm going to go through now my general guideline for working on and finding or 
refining your compelling vision for your future. And this would be applicable if you don't have a compelling vision right now, or if you have a vision, but it's a little cloudy and you just want to hone in on it. So the very first step is to address your state. What I mean by state is it's your level of energy and your state is so important. This can include your mindset, your attitude, and you just really first have to change your energy and your level of energy and being in a higher energy place, a higher frequency place is going to be more conducive in order to be inspired and to have your vision be more impactful and, and imprinted on your subconscious. You're going to make more meaningful actions and take more meaningful actions and make better decisions. And it's going to be better programmed into your body and brain if you get yourself into a higher state. Now, we can do this in so many ways, but your compelling vision is not going to work as good as if you're in a lower state of energy. And you don't even have to necessarily be depressed, but getting yourself into a higher state where you're focused is going to be way better. So the easiest way to change your state is through your physiology. And we can change our physiology in so many ways. But I'm going to give you a few examples. So moving your body is going to be the quickest way to change your physiology. And it's something that most of us are probably doing, but we can do it intentionally and we can do it in small bursts. Now, we don't have to do a big, long workout. Now, if you're doing that, that's wonderful. But we can change our state in like 15 or 30 seconds. Uh, Walking, running, working out, like lifting weights, stretching, yoga, just jumping up and down. Move your body and get energized and that will change your state. Another thing that really works well is deep breathing and breath work. And it doesn't have to be a long session. It can literally be breathing in and out through your nose for 10 seconds or 30 seconds. That will change your state. Cold plunges have become really popular and well-known, mainly because of Wim Hof, but also just because there's a lot of science about the benefits of cold plunge with our immune system and our cardiovascular system, but also cold plunges change your physiology quickly, as well as hot tubs. So doing a hot tub and cold plunge can be really invigorating and change your state, change your mindset. Also, if you're inside and you're able to, getting outside, get into the sunshine, get your feet on the earth, that'll change your state. Also, if you can't go outside and you can't deep breathe and you can't really exercise, change your position and do a little stretch. That can help. Or even just changing the room that you're in and changing the environment momentarily. Those are some things that can get you to change state. A really simple, easy, and effective thing, a couple things that you can do. One is you can deep breathe in and out through your nose. You can do three sets of 10, and then you can raise your arms up and down from your shoulders above your head while you're breathing. So it would sound and look like you're breathing really quickly. So in and out through your nose, 
while you're lifting your hands above your head in rhythm with your breath. You can do that as little as five times, as many as 30 or 50 times, and relax afterwards. And I bet you, you can feel your state change. You might feel some tingling in your hands. And you can do that just from like a desk. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy. Another thing that I love doing is you stand up with your legs slightly apart, one leg in front of another, almost like you're going to start running, but you're not actually going to run. You're going to stand in place with your legs in uh, a slight, like I said, slightly one leg in front of the other, knee slightly bent as if you're going to do a sprint, but you're going to use your arms and pump your arms and sprint in place. And sometimes I'll just set my timer on my phone for 30 seconds or 15 seconds, and then I switch sides. So start with your like left leg in front and your right leg behind, and then you're pumping your arms as if you're sprinting and you're getting a core workout and you sweat and you breathe and it changes your state and gets your blood pumping. If you literally only did 30 seconds on each side, that would be an amazing way to start your day because you're changing your state and you're getting your blood pumping and then you could add in a few stretches so that I feel like that those two things are excellent quick fixes. And if you're doing other more uh, extensive body movements or workouts, that's wonderful too. So after we change the state, the physiology of our body and the energy level, the second thing we're doing is we're changing the story. You're changing your identity So I'm going to give you an example. When people want to stop smoking, what they'll do is they'll fixate on the fact that they love cigarettes and that they've quit for seven days and then they're posting, now I've quit for 10 days. And that's great. But the problem with that is, is they're still identifying as a smoker and they're missing smoking. What would be better is to use language Instead of saying, I've been not smoking for five days, it would behoove you to say to yourself in your own mind and to say to others, I'm not a smoker or I'm a non-smoker because now you're not even identifying as someone who smokes because someone who doesn't smoke doesn't think about cigarettes. They don't crave cigarettes. They don't think about what they're going to do in place of a cigarette. They don't feel stressed about cigarettes. So I'm not saying that there isn't physical and psychological withdrawal symptoms, but what I am saying is my dad, and I'm so proud of him, he heard me talk about this concept of changing your identity and he was trying to quit smoking. He's tried for years and I think that him understanding that he can now identify as a non-smoker has helped him to not smoke. And I actually don't know how long it's been because he doesn't focus on how long it's been, but I'm so proud of him. And I'm so grateful that he applied that concept to his life because he's going to get more years on his life and he's healthier now because he stopped. So it's all about changing your story and changing your identity. Decide who you are now on purpose who you want to be and who you're becoming. So how does the person that you're becoming behave? How do they react in situations? How do they show up? 
How does that person that you want to be communicate? How do they stand? How does the person that you would like to be talk? Do they talk differently? Do they communicate differently? Do you listen more and talk less? And how do you dress? Is the future version of you, what are they wearing? Is it in line with what you're currently wearing or maybe it's different? And then how are you identifying yourself, right? Are you identifying as a non-smoker now? What is your identity? It's really important. Your identity and your story go hand in hand. Decide on purpose who you are and what your identity is and start using language to support that, especially when talking to yourself, but also when talking to others. Because language is also shapes who we are and it's really powerful. So decide on purpose, for example, that you are a creative person or that you are an athlete and that you are coordinated. Decide on purpose that you are a person who's good with money. You just need more practice. Decide that you're confident. And even if you feel afraid that you are going to be a confident person, that you are confident. Decide on purpose that you're an entrepreneur or a coach. And just know that that's how you feel and that's all that you need is that decision, that identity. Decide that you're a good speaker and that you can do public speaking, even if you're afraid. Decide that you're a person who makes better choices and eats healthy. Decide, for example, that you're not going to fail because you're not a person who gives up. And also change the old story that you're telling yourself and change the identity. If you don't change, then nothing else will. You have to be the one to go first and decide from the inside out with conviction, even if no one else believes you or no one else sees it yet, and before it's manifested in the physical world, that this is what you are, this is who you are, this is who you're becoming, and these are the decisions that you've made. It's really powerful stuff. And the hardest part about it is all you have is a belief and an inner knowing and vision. And then you have to practice until it becomes more authentic for you and more real. And then the next step is you're going to start rehearsing the images and scenes and visions that you're having inside of you and the dreams or ideas that you're having that are really compelling. You're going to start rehearsing those. So I've said this before, but when we envision something we want to do or someone we want to be or something that we want to have happen, we do it as if it's happening now in real time. And you imagine yourself in your body in the scene doing things and using all of your senses. You want to use all of your senses of touch, taste, hearing, seeing, and smell to really paint a picture and explore the environment that you're in in your mind. And this is where we can really truly harness this tool. This is the magic right here. 
Your body and brain does not know the difference between the actual experience you're having in the physical 3D world or your imagined experience that you're creating in your body and mind. That is so powerful. And it's powerful both ways. It's powerful in that it can create the most beautiful life and the most beautiful world for you, or it can create the most dark, depressing, fearful world where you've practice the worst case scenario so much that you self-sabotage. So it's literally heaven and hell on earth. It's something that is so beautiful and we haven't really learned the full extent of how important and amazing and magical it is to harness this aspect of our attention and our imagination. So you focus your attention on the image or dream or scene that you're having and you become acutely present with your body and the correlating sensations. So then what you're doing is you're envisioning this thing or dream or situation and then you're intentionally activating the elevated emotions and correlating the sensations that those emotions bring up in your body. So the elevated emotions you can focus on that are correlated with higher vibrational manifestation. And these are sensations you can focus on that are in your heart and in your body. And this is not a complete list, but these emotions that we're creating on purpose include compassion, gratitude, appreciation, joy, love, and care. And there's other emotions too that are in there, but remember emotions have vibrations and they're a certain frequency. And these are higher frequency vibrations and emotions that will create sensations that are conducive to manifestation. So we do this, we feel into the sensations, we maintain a focus on the scene or image we want, and we Let this image inspire us to feel these feelings and they go hand in hand. And the more that we can really lean into this image and the sensations in our body and the emotions, the more that we're going to imprint this in our mind and body and create what we want much quicker. A lot of times, you know, visions and imaginations will come easily to us and without much effort. Like there's probably a lot of things in your life that you've created and that have come to you and you don't really feel like you've had to try that hard. And these are the things that are probably programs that were programmed or conditioned into you that are positive. Uh, These things will end up manifesting and materializing and you just don't really have to try. But if you took a closer look and actually broke it down, be willing to bet that you would find that in some way you participated in the process I'm describing, but you just did it more naturally, maybe without awareness about the steps. But there's other times where we're really struggling with something or we feel stuck and we might know that we want to change or create something new but we're having trouble getting clear on our compelling vision 
or it's just something that comes harder for us. And a lot of the times we do know what we want or what's coming next or what the goal is, but we're just afraid. So we're kind of blocking the vision. Or in some cases, maybe you're just so used to ignoring that part of yourself that you really are having trouble even getting in touch with that part. Or maybe you've forgotten how to just deeply listen or work with this aspect of your mind in your body. If it is hard for you to imagine or know a big thing that you want, start with something really small. I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but really just even going back sometimes to our childhood and thinking about what we love to do or what brought us joy. I know there was a story recently I heard on another podcast of a guy who was a really successful in another area, and I forget the area he was in, but he wasn't that happy. And he remembered that like in childhood, he actually really loved to argue. And so he actually in his like, I think 30s, went back to law school and became a lawyer and he loves it. And so is there something like that from your childhood? Like maybe it was loving to dance and you just want to take a dance class. It doesn't have to be this huge life altering vision, but it is important that we do have short term vision and long term vision as well. So another suggestion that I have is trying to just find a general direction and then letting your heart and imagination inspire you. So like, so you're a person that you know that you like the creative process around art, but you're not sure which art. So maybe you have a conversation and someone brings up uh, that there's going to be a pottery class and something in you lights up and you take a pottery class. So you can just lean in and move towards exploring like what you're interested in, what brings you joy, what feels like a full-bodied yes, what puts you in the flow state where you don't really know that time is passing because you're so on the moment or just something that inspires you or feels fun or even like what is the thing that pisses you off the most or actually makes you cry because it's so hard for you to see that in our world? Like what problem in the world do you feel like you're passionate about solving? Like, are you passionate about the hunger issue or homelessness or the violence? Or maybe you really are into environmental protection, or maybe you're really passionate about abuse or animals. So it's like, just start exploring what brings you joy. And sometimes from that, Our vision can come that way as well from exploring what we love. But a lot of the times we really do know what our vision is, but we're just afraid to feel it or acknowledge it because it means that we might have to change. And that's really scary. So the last step in all of this into creating a compelling vision for your future is to actually plan and execute your strategy or the action steps that you'll need to take in the 3D physical world in order to manifest this vision. And even if you don't know all of the steps right now, and honestly, you probably won't know all the steps, you can start with just one step. And then you can find another step like it will be presented to you. 
And so the positive thoughts and feelings that you create from the steps above are going to naturally support and inspire these actions and strategies as well. So like you can have an amazing strategy and you know you can take action steps and that is crucial. But the strategy doesn't matter how good it is if you haven't gotten into an optimal state or if you haven't shifted your story and identity first by imagining what's possible and by seeing and believing it first inside of you before it manifests in the physical world. You know, it's like you can have a good strategist, but if you don't believe in yourself or in the process, or if you haven't done the legwork ahead of time to really have a connection and a knowing inside of you for this vision. Like if this vision isn't really solid in your mind and it doesn't feel true yet, you're going to have trouble executing the strategy. The energy and the vision and the imagination and the thoughts all come first. Energy always precedes matter. It's a law of physics and it's true for us too. And so my hope for you is that you can start harnessing this technology that we have, that we were given, that exists in between your ears, and that I hope that you can start using this incredible imagination that we have and your awareness as tools to be able to create what you want in your life. You know, when you have a vision that's inspiring and compelling, it keeps you motivated in life. It's the thing that gets you up in the morning when you don't feel like it. It's what gets your butt to the gym when you'd rather not. It's what stretches you and helps you grow in ways that are not necessarily predictable that you need to push you into the person that you're becoming so that you can handle the next step, whatever that might be. And not to mention that it is so inspiring and can be life-changing to other people around you. If you're living into your best life and if you're becoming an example to other people around you for what's possible in the world. Also, you might just blow your own damn mind while you're at it. And if you don't go all in and believe me and try how will you know? I mean, don't take my word for it. Try this on. Your imagination can either work for you and it can be your greatest gift and your greatest blessing and like the most amazing tool, or it can work against you and it can be your own self-inflicted nightmare full of worst case scenarios and fear. So what do you choose to do with this precious amazing tool that you were given. The choice is up to you. And it's not to say that we aren't sometimes going to feel fear. You know by now, if you know me at all, that there's always duality and things can simultaneously coexist. But we can start intentionally choosing on purpose how to manage our imaginations, our minds, and direct our focus so that it serves us rather than hurts us. And you will do such a service not only to yourself and your family and your community, but anyone who comes into contact with you who is witnessing what you're doing and how you're doing it. Talk to you soon.
Love you and thank you for being with me today. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside. Go, go, go.